Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 43. Today I want to pull the curtains back on what it looks like when you train for a marathon, a full marathon. At least what it looks like for me. Like most of you, I imagine, I work a full-time job, which means I have to leave my house in the morning around 7.30, and I get back somewhere between 5 and 6 p.m. on most nights. I have two school-aged boys, middle and high school, so they're to the age where they're definitely independent, yet obviously still my responsibility. I have two dogs, and I have a husband, just in case you thought I only had running to worry about. Just kidding. Ever since I started running, I decided to be an AM runner, which means I get up really early to maximize my time in the morning, 3.45 AM, Monday through Friday to be exact. So that also means I go to bed really early. I aim for 8.30ish every night and lights out by 8.45, but honestly, it gets to be 9 or 9.30 sometimes. So every morning I do yoga, using yoga with Adrian anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. Daily yoga has been an incredible addition to my running routine because it's helped tune me into my body. It's improved my body sensing and my body-mind connection, which is such a gift to a runner. Before I do yoga, I do gratitude journaling, which I feel helps me start my day off with a positive attitude. So. In reality, I don't head out on my runs until about 5 or 5.15. I spend the remainder of the time between getting up and heading out the door creating podcast content like what you're listening to now, coaching content from my runner's mind, and anything else I'd like to get done. My current runs are 6 miles on Tuesdays, 8 miles on Wednesdays, and 7 miles on Thursdays. I run all my runs outside even in the winter, and I live in Wyoming, so it gets well below freezing in the winter time. And I always bring my two dogs on every run. The constants that I always wear for my early morning runs are, as you might imagine, a headlamp and a light-up vest. I wear a hip harness and I attach the dogs to it. I clock my mileage using my Garmin Vivo Active, which I love, although I don't love the poor battery life, honestly. Some of you might be surprised to hear that I never listen to music or podcasts or audiobooks while I run. I feel it would be a huge distraction as I want my mind focused on my running form. I don't want an escape from the run. I love the morning runs because I get to catch the early sunrise over the mountain range here in Wyoming. 
Some of you might wonder about running in the dark as far as safety, and that's a personal thing, of course. As far as running in unlit areas, which I do for all my runs, aside from the light from my headlamp, I feel the triggers to know your road or your route so you have an idea of the surface. With the recent freeze and thaw, I experience a lot of ruts on the dirt roads where I run, which are hard to see in the, in the light of a headlamp, obviously. So I ran super conservatively on those days. I found that relaxing my feet helps me the most. That way I don't trip or roll my ankles as easily. I personally think running before work gives me such a boost of joy and adrenaline for the work day ahead of me that I wouldn't change it for anything. Are you an AM runner or are you a PM runner? I'm curious. Mondays and Fridays, I don't run. So then I schedule a 30 to a 40 minute yoga session in the morning. On the weekends, I typically head out anywhere between 8 or 10 a.m. on most days after I've done yoga and gratitude. I don't get up till 6 a.m. on weekend mornings. It's nice for a change not to have to wear a headlamp. A change I've added to my weekends since starting marathon training is a nap in the afternoon, at least on one of the days, to help my body recover. For me, I had a routine of running my long run on Saturday going into marathon training and a shorter run on Sunday. But my marathon coach pointed out that he stacked my miles deliberately to fatigue my body in order to prepare it the best for the actual race. So therefore running a shorter distance on Saturday and my long run on Sunday would be more beneficial to mimic race day. It made sense to me and I changed my habit. Similarly, he encouraged me to start running five days a week to allow for more flexibility in how to fit the weekly mileage, as well as spreading the volume over an extra day. Again, it made total sense, so I changed my habit. It wasn't hard changes at all, actually. However, my assumption about running five days a week was that I didn't think I'd like it. As I said, now I'm actually quite enjoying it. The fifth run day means that I've scaled back on my strength training. Actually, I put it on hold for now in order to allow for rest days in my schedule. So my only cross training is yoga, 20 to 40 minutes daily, depending on the day. I want to point out though that I feel I had a good strength base going into marathon training. So if you're considering training for a marathon, but not sure if you're ready for the training volume yet, I want to share some tips from an article I researched. I really liked it. It's by womenrunning.com, which explains how to determine ideal weekly mileage. It mentions that a principle to consider is how much can you run without getting hurt, which is a good point, right? Because you can't run if you're hurt. So it goes on to say, in order to improve over time and distance running, you simply have to run more. And it further goes on to mention for the half marathon and marathon distance, you want to build a good foundation of mileage. So when you get to the race, your body has run through that fatigue before and knows how to handle the last few painful miles. So I think that's such a good point. And I actually did a podcast episode on engaging the struggle, which is sort of along those lines, either feeling fatigue or feeling something coming up where you feel you're outside of your comfort zone or you feel like you want to quit. 
but instead learning to engage the struggle benefits us when it comes up, for instance, on race day, and we know that we can then handle it. So I wanted to share with you guys what my foundation going into marathon training looked like. So I look back on my Garmin over the last year to see my monthly mileage. And this is what I found. Between 12 and eight months out, or 12 and eight months ago, so that would be April 2021 through July 2021, I was averaging about 60 miles a month. So basically 15 miles a week over three run days. Now, when I think back to those months, I remember having the beginning feeling of shin splints. It was a recurrent issue coming up for me. And I remember my PT telling me at that time to walk all the hills, which I have a lot of where I live, in preparation for an upcoming half marathon I had in June. Sometime in the summer, I started following a Garmin coach plan, I remember, the Galloway 10K. Then seven to five months ago, so that would be August through October, I was averaging 70 miles a month, so about 10 miles more, not quite 20 miles a week. I continued with a Garmin coach plan, the free ones on the, on the watch. It was a 10K plan. And I signed up for my marathon coming up in April. I signed up for that back during that time. And so in preparation for that, I upped my weekly runs from three times a week to four times a week to spread the running volume over more days. So I knew I was going to be increasing my my weekly mileage. And I learned that I really enjoyed running four days a week, which I wasn't sure I would because I knew it would mean I would have to run on both weekend days and I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy that and it turned out I really have I love it then in October again I was back to the PT for a foot related pain that kept cropping up and he made me aware of a way of running more efficiently and with less injury and I was hooked then about four to three months ago so that would be November through December of last year of 2021, I averaged high 80s or 90 mile months. So 20 plus miles a week increased by between 10 and 20 miles from the previous months. I was still following a Garmin coach plan at that time just to have a direction for each run. But I was planning on switching to a marathon plan. I wasn't quite sure which direction I wanted to go yet. Now, two months out, Till about two days, so that would be January 2022 through March, which is the recording months of this episode, March 2022. Back in January, I signed up with a run coach and gave him my goal of preparing for the Big Sur International Marathon. So in January, when I look back, I ran 88 miles, 22 miles a week. Out of that month, I had one full unplanned week off from running due to an infection. And at the end of January, I started running five days a week, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, based on my coach's recommendation so that I could spread the volume over more days. So then my run days became Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday and Sunday. And so the weekly volume really increased in February. In February, I ran 140 miles which is about 35 miles a week. 
So you can see if you think back to, you know, when I first started logging my miles about a year ago, I was doing about 15 miles a week. And in February, I did 35 miles a week. In February, I missed two full days of running, which accumulated to 15 miles of missed running due to a stomach bug. Not anything I worry about. And it was totally, totally the right thing for me to do to take those two days off completely from running to recover. So as I write this episode and record this episode, we're three weeks into March. And so far, I've run 133 miles meaning I should close out the month of March at around 190 miles for a weekly average of 45-ish miles. So let's say you're a new or newish runner and you're considering if now is the time to sign up for a half marathon or a full marathon. So here's what I came across in my research through womenrunning.com. As they're saying, if you're new to running, You just got the bug and you're starting out with two to three miles three times a week. Here's what you want to do. You want to build your weekly mileage of six to 10 miles up to about 20 to 25 miles a week for a good six months before you think about signing up for the half or the full. This is their recommendation and I'm just choosing to share it with you. I didn't have any real recommendation when I started out. And certainly whether you choose to follow it or not is absolutely a personal choice. But they go on to say that specifically for the half and the full marathons, the recommendations for mileage are before you run a half, you'll want to have completed the distance. So that's 13.2 miles or close to it as a long run at least four to five times before your actual race. Now, running twice a week with, for instance, a four miler and then one 13 miler won't quite prepare you for the distance as well as having one to two workouts, one to two easy runs and a long run. I think that makes sense for everybody. And so the idea behind mileage when it comes to the marathon, the full marathon, the 26.2 miles, is to be executing workouts and long runs while fatigued. So when you line up for the race, your body has already practiced running and tired legs and knows how to push through, which is why, as I mentioned earlier, my coach recommended that I up my weekly runs to five runs a week, and which is also why so important to be able to engage the struggle and get comfortable in being uncomfortable. So I definitely think these are some things to keep in mind as you determine if now is the right time for you to sign up for a race. So I wanted to also share a couple more things, some gadgets I can't live without, which have made all the difference in my training, in addition to my Brooks running shoes, of course, I would say it's my clip-on metronome. It's a tool that really, really makes a difference in my running. Now, I'm a big believer of running to the beat of a certain cadence, and it's just really, truly changed my running form. I don't want to use my an app on my phone because I don't want to wear out the battery life on my phone. And so a clip-on metronome just seemed like the easiest little thing to use, and the brand that I use has 10 different beats to choose from, different tones of beats to choose from. 
And the one I like is just kind of a two beat one. And so it exactly matches my feet as they hit the ground. It's so easy for my brain to listen to and just match my motor memory of my feet to that beat. I've left the metronome behind once or twice on accident and noticed a difference in how I have to focus much more maintaining my cadence because I always double check against my watch to see if I'm matching it, even though it sounds like I am, but I double check against my watch. One more gadget that I don't leave the house without anymore is nasal dilators. There are these things that pop into your nose and expand your nose. Think people that snore. Now you can get some that sit above the the outside of your nose, but the ones I really like are the ones that pop right into your nose and they look like a little nose ring almost between the the septum, the middle part of your nose, and they make such a difference. For the first time in my life, I've been able to to breathe through my nose when I run. So I don't leave the house without those either. Actually, the other day I did head out without them and it was an effort to maintain nose breathing, not so much because of speed, but just because my airways, my airway felt too small, too narrow. So those are really the only must-haves for me when I run. But I'll tell you a couple more things I really have found that I enjoy. For recovery, I swear by my Cushionera sandals. <laughs> Amazing love for the feet. You can find them on Amazon. And I'm also now religious about warm up and cool down, which I didn't used to be, but it makes all the difference. And I'm sure it also helps in recovery, right? I do a series of different body looseners before I head out. It takes five or seven minutes. Not your usual dynamic stretching, but body looseners. It helps me run relaxed. And then I do regular stretches when I get back from a run. And especially leg drains up against the wall are a huge favorite of mine now. Also, if you like me, enjoy running with your dogs. I've really come enjoy hands-free running. So I use a hip harness, which goes around the top of my legs and my pelvis. And then it attaches to a lead to a harness to the dog. So obviously it requires that your dog understands how to pull. Otherwise your line is going to be slack and you have to pick it up all the time and it'll be a real nuisance when you run. I use the brand, I think it's called Niwa, also from Amazon. And I have the Slep Pro harnesses for the dogs and then I have a Caney Cross Ski Drawing hip harness for me. So other little changes that have had a positive impact on my on increasing my mileage during marathon training, sometimes back in the fall, so before I started really marathon training, I started paying much better attention to hydrating and hydrating well and especially before going to bed since I run first thing in the morning. So now I drink about 12 to 16 ounces of water before bed in addition to of course water throughout the day. I'm pretty boring when it comes to what I drink because I really only drink water, coffee, and tea. I never drink alcohol, for instance. So since upping my running to five days, so about since the new year, I've also gotten much better about fueling my body with a good dinner before I run the next day. So, I mean, nothing fancy. I just make sure that I get protein and carbs and not a frozen pizza, for instance. And I'll save the frozen pizza for the days where I don't run the following day. Also, 
since my increase in mileage, I've started to eat a small breakfast before my morning runs, like a rice cake with peanut butter or a banana and raw almonds, something like that. And then I'll eat a breakfast when I get home. So that could be oatmeal or it could be a smoothie or even an English muffin. I actually came across this tip from another running podcast and it was a professional runner saying how big of a difference it had made in her running eating just a small meal before her runs where before she used to run fasted and so I used to be somebody who would run fasted also and so I tried making the change and I do quite like it so on long run days when I get back I make a protein shake and I drink it within 30 minutes of getting back. I don't truly see that as a meal, actually. It's just in my mind more like my body needs this fuel to recover. Drink it. <laughs> so lastly, to help in recovery. And this has been, I love, love, love this routine. In addition to my daily yoga, which I do in the morning, I also swear by something called yoga nidra which is something I do before I go to sleep at night. It's a form of guided meditation which helps in relaxation. It helps me relax my body even while I run because I understand how to tune into my body and have it relax almost when I send the signal to relax. I feel it's made a huge difference in my enjoyment of running actually. So I make sure to do that every night before I doze off to sleep, like five to 10 minutes. So I hope this was helpful, runner friend, as you decide if marathon training is for you. And of course, your marathon training might look very different from me, but this has worked really well for me. On a personal note, it's been exciting to see how much my body can handle 45 miles a week. Wow. So runner friend, reach out if you have any questions. And consider leaving a five-star review if you enjoy the podcast. Share it with a fellow runner who you think will enjoy it too. Happy running. And come check us out in My Runner's Mind if you think mindset coaching is something for you. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.